You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Mike? Gobble, gobble, Grump. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our faithful listener. <laughs> <laughs> to you out there, and you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. um, we, are we are very thankful to be bringing you this award-winning program as we d- dissect our lovable two and eight New York football giants. Yeah. We hope this is a, a nice way to start your last day of work before your Thanksgiving break. Or if you're stuck in traffic for 36 hours, trying to get to grandma's house or wherever you may be traveling this uh, holiday season, or if you're traveling down to Washington to see a little uh, Ooh. nightcap giants, Redskins. Yeah. The two and eight giants visiting the four and six Washington Redskins at FedEx field, FedEx field, FedEx field. FedEx field. The flailing Washington Redskins. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they have a little bit of the same bug that the Giants have. Um, we're going to get into the thick of that. So, um, the Washington Redskins are falling apart at the seams. I mean, although they did lose by only three points in overtime to one of the best teams in the NFC record-wise, uh, they didn't look so hot doing it. Um but a lot of it probably has to do with their injury situation. Redskins are an amazing team every year. That around this time of the year, they start that seven-game losing streak or that seven-game winning streak. Yep. You know, it's you just don't know from year to year eating out the Redskins. That's why they're always so hard to predict. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I was thinking about that when uh, I was doing my research for this episode, and this is going to be the pivotal game. Uh, this might set up whether they're going to go on a winning streak and really compete for the NFC East. Or this is going to be the downward turmoil. NFC uh, East. What's what's Philly's record now? Well, okay, okay. You know, for <laughs> the wild card spot. I I didn't yeah. mean for the number one spot. I mean to yeah. really really <laughs> to battle out for a wild card spot. Um, I don't I don't mean to. Uh, I'm not happy by saying this at all, but I think it's a safe bet that Philly's going to win the East. Yeah. Um, my prepositions were mixed up there. Not for the NFC East, but. Uh, compete in the NFC East because right now I would say at four and six they're not really competing, um, and nor nor are the two and eight Giants. I think it's a safe bet we're probably out of the playoff picture. Uh, yeah, I think Wait. we are mathematically out of it. Four and six teams still have if they have that run in them, possibly. I mean, yeah, sure. Tiebreaker situations. I mean, losing to teams like New Orleans don't help. Well, hey, there's, there's, I mean, just mathematically, there's six games left. I mean, they could just end ten and six right here. A six-game winning streak is not by any means out of the question. Well, looking at teams like Washington, it kind of is. <laughs> well, okay, and we'll, we'll being, get right I'm into being, that. Then. Yeah, I'm being realistic about you know tiebreakers and things and who they've lost to and you know, losing games to New Orleans do not help their situation no. at all for conference tiebreakers and different things. So, yeah, and and one of the things that's per- that's going to prevent them from winning many games in a row is not just the amount of guys they have injured, but you know, they're all sort of stacked at one or two positions. Uh, and that's, that's really bad news. Um, so kind of like the giants, the giants have lost all of their wide receiver weapons. 
the Washington Redskins have lost like their entire offensive line. Um, yeah. So That's looking at this week's injury report for Washington includes, uh, I don't know if he is a pro bowler. Is he Trent Williams? If he's not a pro he, bowler, he probably should be. I believe he has in the past. Uh, left tackle Trent Williams did not practice this week so far. Um, right tackle um, Morgan Moses was limited with multiple injuries, both ankles and an eye. He's a right tackle. And then uh, backup at both positions, left and right tackle, Ty Nitschke, was also limited. They have no other tackles left. Those are That's all three tackles that they have. Um, guard Sean Lauvo, Lauvo. I've never, I've never been able to say his name right. That's just me being an idiot. Um, <laughs> he didn't practice this week, so I mean their offensive line is decimated. And then of course you have your requisite Jordan Reed injury. Yeah. Um, did not practice with a hamstring injury, and Terrell Pryor. Um, I heard some talk that he might be done for the year. And then we talk about the short week that we talked about in last week's ep- last episode. Yeah, you know it just exacerbates all that problem. You know, if you don't practice one day in a four day week, you're in big big trouble. You're probably not playing. Yeah, yeah, and it, it takes it takes extreme vets who really know the system. Like, you know, the Giants had that situation with Ahmad Bradshaw some years ago with his foot injuries, where he would do a light practice Friday and then he would be good to go Sunday. How about Beckham? Sure, or somebody like Beckham. He didn't even practice at all during the week. He went out there on Sundays. That made it all a more amazing what he can do. Yeah. It, it takes I, guys like that to really be able to handle a game. They really do have to implement. I, I'm a fan of the Thursday game in general. Um, I think it's a good start to the weekend. It makes Friday more bearable for me with something to talk about in the office. Um, but there really does need to be a, a scheduling rule that – it should be only teams coming off of a bye week, mm-hmm. um, and it it not you know not just for fans of the team, not just for the sake of the team, but for the sake of the players. For God's sakes, uh, the, these these quick turnarounds are not good for the body. Well, I think it's I think it's a simple solution: is you push the season back a week and you have two bye weeks, and you necessitate since everybody plays, you know, I think everybody every team plays a Thursday game, you have a ten day break. It really you have the you have the buy before it. Yeah, no, it, it, it seems fair to me, and I th- I think the Thursday game is a good thing for the league. I certainly enjoy it. I don't even care about the uniforms. I think that's cool too. I mean, I'm not a well, fan of some of them, but I like the idea that there's a gimmick to it. I like the fact that the Thursday is a little different. I you know, you know, as much as I did not like that overhead camera shot last Thursday, it's something different. You can experiment with some things like that. Um, maybe. Even try some things like having like different announcers or a little more like that would have been a good time to have the old Dennis Miller experiment <laughs> on a Thursday night game or something. Or shit, um, like Rex Ryan or you know one of our you know your yeah. new guy Tony Romo. Get I, mean, in there. I get it. I get it that you have your prime time guys doing it to give it a little more gravity, but I don't know. But I think the product would be so much better if a these guys had more rest and they can properly prepare for it, and b. Having the matchups a little better too. I mean, I like that thought. The one year they had always division games. Yeah, that I was that, that was too. good. I like that a lot. Um, they they went away from that. Uh, the schedule hasn't changed. There's no reason why they can't go back to it and do it again. Um, but the, but the, the biggest thing has to be giving these guys more of a a chance for the body to recuperate and more time to game plan and prepare. Also, it make Thanksgiving games even better too. 
I think it's most importantly about the players and the quality, but yeah, but and the, the quality of the game goes towards the fans. I mean, what fan wants to watch their team go out there and have this sloppy game where guys are every play is a stoppage of play because guys are injured because they've only got two days of rest or, or anybody. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think ratings are are declining a little bit too. Is I think you know they're diluting the the games, everything across you know Thursday night, Sunday. Sunday night, Monday, and then when you get into post-college season, you're talking about Saturday night games too. So you're talking Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday. Yeah, it's overkill. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's well, it's it's not overkill if the product is good, is what you're saying, right? Exactly. So I think if you if you leverage these bye weeks that you already have, you make it a better product, and maybe that also makes maybe the London games better or something. You give those guys a bye week before. Or by week after the fact or something, so they can be ready to go, you know, the week after. I mean, there's ways they can do it. This isn't rocket science. It's making a fucking schedule. <laughs> We're not curing cancer. <laughs> My big question about Washington is, what is this team going to do? I mean, it seems like we've been in this three-year holding pattern with them. You know, <laughs> what are they going to do with Kirk Cousins? You know, Jay Gruden, is he really the long-term solution as the coach? Seems like they rotate wide receivers in and out all the time. It's like, don't you feel like this team's just in a constant holding pattern? Like they're not, we don't know what they're going to be, and you know, should I get off the pot time with them? Well, yeah, but I mean, I think part of it is that the organization as a as a whole, the franchise, the ownership, it just sort of feels like, are they a mountain or are they a volcano? You're just kind of always waiting for. You know, if they if they have a bad season, if the whole thing's going to erupt and they're going to clean house, I mean, how many head coaches have they had in the last fifteen years? How long since Snyder's been owner? Yeah, really. I mean, how many GMs have they had? How many? That's why you know when Giant fans are so quick to dump Reese, you know, Giants don't do that. You know, they yeah, like yeah. stability and they understand peaks and valleys of a team and situation and injuries and all that. Teams like Washington and Oakland and the Jets, they just, you know, fuck it. They just, you know, out. There's no time for stability. There's no time to you know, get a philosophy in. That's why you get teams like Washington, you just don't know what they are. Yeah. So, And they, they get those brief runs, and then there's nothing to, you know, hit your wagon to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they get a quick run, and then all of a sudden you, you slip up once, and they blow up the whole organization. You start from scratch again. Mm-hmm. It's not a way to run an organization. Uh, I mean, this is me talking who can barely get to the train on time, but <laughs> nevertheless, yeah, I agree with you. The way they've handled the Kirk Cousins situation has been just pretty downright awful as far as an employer-employee relationship goes. I mean, he has no incentive to stay in in, in that city. Sure. You know, and he keeps getting, you know, he's – you keep playing these one-year contracts. You know, we've seen this league. The leg could be snapped very easily, and there is your future income. You know, every other quarterback of his ability or slightly less in his ability are getting paid. I mean, when he must look every time he looks at Andy Dalton or he looks at Joe Flacco and just be like, son of a bitch. Yeah. That should be my money. Should And it should be. Um... I mean, we, we had this discussion in the offseason. You know, we ranked – you know, the four quarterbacks in the East, where would we have these guys? And, you know, I think our our discussion is a little different right now than it was in August, but we had 
Cousins pretty high on the top of the four. Yeah, um, I think a lot of that had to do with we didn't really know what to make of Carson Wentz entirely at that point. We didn't have the time uh, to watch him. We've only had those 16 games. So, 15 games. Let's actually revisit that for 30 seconds. Uh, if we're ranking our four quarterbacks, one through four, where do you have them right now? We, we have to set the premises for this again, though. Uh, are we talking about if we're going for one year or if we're building a roster? Right now. For right now? Yeah, we're not building a roster with Eli. I mean, he's 37 years old. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that right automatically now. puts him I, I, I would say right now, we're in week, we're in week 10. Let, let, let's set this premise then. It's week 10. My team right now is six and four. I'm in second place in my division, but I am definitely in the driver's seat for a wild card. Rank them one to four. I'll probably put Kirk Cousins, then Carson Wentz, then Eli Manning, and then Dak Prescott. And I'll, I'll, the reason why is hmm. um, I think Kirk Cousins has the experience that you want over Carson Wentz. I think he's more accurate than Carson Wentz, but otherwise they're pretty comparable. Wentz is good outside the pocket. He's got good eyes downfield. He's got a strong arm. He's a little bit inaccurate, and he's completely inexperienced by comparison to to uh, Eli Manning and Kirk Cousins. Um, he does not have a whole lot under his belt. Eli Manning um, is actually prone to the mistake more than anything. Um, yeah. At this point, I think that's like the biggest knock you can have against him. That and his arm strength is questionable at this point. Um, a lot of what Eli Manning does better than everybody else is at the line of scrimmage um, and in game preparation. I think he's better than everybody else in this division. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think, is very overrated. Not overrated. Yeah. I think he he got put into a perfect situation to be overly praised. Um, right. And, and and now and now guess what? There's yeah. no Ezekiel Elliott. There's you know offensive line issues. There it's not the same team he's had. So now you're seeing. He's still a second-year quarterback who was fed a limited, you know, Playbook, responsibilities yeah. last yep. year. What to do? I think I probably would go right now. I think I would go Carson went slightly ahead of Cousins, and I'd have Eli third, and I'd have Dak fourth. Yeah. Again, again, what what they're doing right now, Philly? I mean, they're a juggernaut right now. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, Washington is sputtering, and I get there's injuries, I get the offensive line things, but. Philly right now is the class of the NFC, and and a lot of that's is Carson Wentz and the, you know, the improvement he's shown over last year. I mean, remember last year when we were doing our off-season shows, we were knocking like you know, was he ever throwing the ball past the line of scrimmage? How many completions did he have over more than ten yards in the air or anything? Now all of a sudden, you know, this team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, there's other things to consider. I mean, if you're this is a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. I say it all time. I will continue to say it. Um, last year, Philadelphia's wide receivers were name them. You know, it was Nelson Aguilar and who. Now they've spent all their offseason resources in loading up the wide receiver position. Now I want you to name last year's Washington receivers: Pierre Garcon, you had right. Deshaun Jackson, and you had Jamison Crowder and Terrell Pryor. Now this year you've jettisoned Deshaun Jackson's, you've jettisoned Pierre Garçon, which admittedly I don't think are bad moves, but there was nothing to replacement. Now you've got Jamison Crowder, Terrell Pryor's out with injury, and Josh Doxson, which to me I, I wasn't that high on him coming out of college. So there is something to that. The, the reason the Phillies a juggernaut is partly due to their offseason acquisitions. They're giving Carson Wentz somebody to throw to, whereas last year 
part of the reason why he wasn't throwing downfield is he was thrown to nobody. So he also had but he also had to produce, and he has produced. Yeah. Again, no, okay. I, 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 I think the point is clear, though, that it's pretty close that it's between those two, right? Pretty, pretty close, yeah. But we didn't have Carson Wentz in that conversation in August. No. I think we, we we both had him at fourth. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. If 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 you're not right, then I had him third, just slightly ahead of Dak Prescott. But in any case, um, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He is clutch at times. He doesn't usually make big mistakes, um, but right now he's playing with nobody. So there's going to be some interesting things for this game to watch, and everything is going to be interesting with this game because of the short week. Everything's going to be a damn mess. But, um, you know, the Giants have been scorched by tight ends this year. Last week they did a great job of holding uh, Travis Kelsey out of the end zone, holding everybody out of the end zone. Um I don't think Jordan Reed is going to end up playing this game because of the short week. But, you know, Vernon Davis is still Vernon Davis. Um, Mm -hmm. And Jeremy Sprinkle is a guy who I was more high on coming out of college than I guess most teams were. He got his first first touchdown, I think, last week. Uh, I think so. He'll be a guy to watch because he's that, like, under-the-radar guy that will have a career game against the Giants. Niles Paul, too. Um, so I'm interested to see if the Giants D is able to keep tight ends out of the end zone for a second straight game. Well, I want to see, I want to see if this you know enthusiasm after last week can hold, uh, given with tougher conditions, you know, just a couple of days off, having to travel, you know. We'll, again, we'll never know what was actually said in that brutally honest conversation, but obviously something clicked and something worked because there was definitely a passion by the defense. Let's see if there's lingering effects from it. It was just a one and done thing. We're back to, you know, oh, we're still two and eight and we're playing out the string. I mean, you play a division rival. You, you know, these each of these teams know each other really, really well. They don't like each other. You know, let's see that effort go up. And this is a weird series because it seems like the away team has done a lot better in the last several years. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year Washington came in and won. Um, a game a couple of years ago when uh, we beat the shit out of them. We thought Gruden might have been fi- close to being fired after that game. Remember that? I believe yeah. it was a Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, that's when the tight end, when, what's his name? Just Larry had the, Donnell. Donnell had the three touchdown catches, I believe. So yeah. you know, it's, it's always been like a weird, weird rivalry. Yeah, lately. So, uh, yeah, and, and there was a lot of talk about um, there were a bunch of speeches that were given before last week's game. Eli Manning had a pregame one that was incredibly, or uh, sorry, notably fiery. Uh, be interesting to see if that enthusiasm carries over. It's a short week, yeah. so it might it might continue to build. It might have fizzled out immediately. It, it's it's so weird to predict these things. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I get very nervous when I hear about speeches because those are kind of like artificial things most of the time, mm. and you know. They may get you out of the tunnel excited, but once you start hitting it's that second series and third series, you're still not playing with motivation. That's why this whole thing about bulletin board material is all a bunch of horseshit. I mean, it's 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 good for the fans, you know, to get fired up. It's good for the media to have something to say. But you know, when you're 10, 15, 20, 40 plays into a game, it's like, oh yeah, that fucker said that he thinks we're gonna win, or something. Oh, yeah. it, it, it it doesn't matter, you know. So. Um, I think I, I feel the same way about speeches and closed door team meetings and players only meetings and, you know, voter confidences and all that shit. 
it's nice. It's, it's, it's a good motivation tool to get started. But once you get into a game, it's irrelevant. It mm-hmm. comes down to who's healthy, you know, who's trying, who's trying 100% as opposed to who's jaking a little bit to worry about getting hurt or stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm interested to see how Chad Wheeler does in his second game. He's got a real test ahead of him playing alongside uh, on the opposite side of Ryan Kerrigan. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely going to be the right tackle this week. I don't see why he wouldn't be. I don't think Justin Pugh is going to play with his back issues, and given the way he played, I don't see any reason why Bobby Hart would go ahead of him. Yeah. yeah. I, I I was wondering what the, what the Pugh situation was, but – is it safe to say we're not going to see him the rest of the year? No, I don't. Feeling? I don't think that's it. I think it. I. I just think that given the short week, they're not even going to. I mean, why bother? If, the, yeah. if this were a normal week, I would say it's completely up in the air. Obviously, because it's still early in the week when we're discussing this. But I see no reason to risk the guy. We're not in a playoff hunt. He's a very important piece, and he's got money to make. Back issues are nothing to fuck around with, you know. Uh. To me, with a short week, I think even if he had injured his back in Sunday's game, I think he's probably out. He's probably out. Just you know, whatever. Just don't don't risk it. These short yeah. weeks are killer. Um, yeah. I I don't see any reason why Bobby Hart would be into you. Not if he's the guy who isn't playing the best. I mean, you need to foster competition on this team. You know, I would still you know let them duke it out in practice, see who's better. But right now, based on results. When they brought Hart back in two weeks ago, that was that was not an NFL player we saw out there right tackle. So, uh, I mean, the other thing I really want to see is if this defensive line can really uh, take advantage of the injuries that Washington has on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Olivier Vernon has been playing banged up all year. I feel like we said that last year too, but um, the difference he made was clear last he's, week. He's gutting it out, and the respect he gets where people have to. Game plan around him if he's not 100 percent is a big deal. Yeah, and his his ability to force quarterbacks either to step up in the pocket or run outside of the pocket allows guys who like like Andrew Adams and Landon Collins to and Devon Kennard to make plays. You know, quarterback hurries, uh, sacks, stretch run plays. You know, things like that where there everything is kept in front of the defense. It, it's it's his ability to rush into the backfield that does that. Um, and given that I have no clue what offensive lineman he's going to be lining up against because of the decimating injuries to Washington's offensive line, there's, that should be something that uh, they're able to take advantage of. We want to talk a little bit about uh, Rosas, the, our kicker. Um, I was ready to crucify him at the game. <laughs> um, in watching the broadcast, well, okay, so his kickoffs were fine. I had no issues with his kickoffs. One was a little bit short. Um, he missed an extra point uh, in which the ball just sort of died, um, heading towards the uprights. But then he made two field goals, perfectly fine. They were both short field goals, but roughly the same distances of the extra point. In watching the broadcast, they said at that moment the wind in that end zone was particularly bad at that time. I guess I can't kill him for that. I really wanted to because he's been inconsistent all year. But I'm not going to make a judgment based on a incredibly windy game in which after that moment neither team was really choosing to kick 
unless it was really close. I don't know what your take is. Well, I mean, at this point now, you kind of have them. There's nothing you can really do, right? Oh, um, sure. Yeah, this year. Yeah. Uh, I was just kind of thinking more of a longer-term thing where, you know, we're going to bring in somebody next year to, to, to challenge him because, you know, some of it's growing pains and you have a rookie going out there, but some things you need automaticness and kickoffs are things you can't be kicking out of bounds. And, True. you know, 35 yarders you can't be missing. So. Based on this season, I would say he's not having a good season. I would not say he's having a terrible season, but it's not good. Um, and, you know, the Giants have had the luxury of having good kickers throughout the last several years. Yeah. Um, I think Giant fans are a little bit spoiled in that way. This is what a lot of teams go through in the league. Um, there's a couple of those guys who are automatic, you know, Janikowski, Dan Bailey, um, Diskowski. Those, those guys are the elite kickers in the league. Then there's a, a bunch of guys who are really good, and then they have that sudden drop-off point. Right. And then every other team has a guy like Rosas, except for then there's like one or two kickers that have no business being in the league, and a team learns that the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, case in point, Chicago just uh, cut their kicker. Um, I'm not sure that game wasn't overtime, was it? No. Chicago no. was charging down the field and were in decent range, not chip shot range, but it wasn't far either. Uh, they had just marched down the field and to tie the game, and he didn't just miss. I mean, he might as well have kicked it backwards. It was so far off. <laughs> I believe the, the commentator quote from the kick immediately was, holy Moses. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was good. bad, yeah. Um. He hasn't had that moment yet, Aldrich Rosas. So no. he's he what the Giants are going through with him is what a lot of teams in the league go through with, with a kicker year after year. And the good thing is, there's not going to be that many pressure situations for him this year. I mean, yeah, there might be there might be one, even relatively speaking, if it's a game winning kick situation. It's not like the playoffs are on the balance for it. So yeah. it's kind of like going through like, you know, hyper training camp with him right now. Yeah. It's like that scene in Star Wars where, you know, he's got to go up against the uh, the ball that just shoots lasers at him. Right. <laughs> it's a real chance of getting hurt, but it's not Vader. Put the blast shield down. That way, you know, his <laughs> eyes will deceive him. <laughs> the dorkiest comparison. Anyway, um, the Giants can win this game. Um, I know, it, you know, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to die if they don't. I'll be pissed, but... You know, this is one where Washington's sort of scrambling. Um, the injuries really kind of work in the Giants' favor at this point. And because uh, one of the things they're going to have to do is uh, shorten the game like they did last week. And the way you do that is you win in the trenches. And given the injury situation to Washington's offensive line, it's certainly something they can do. They have to continue to not make mistakes, though. Get first downs. We saw a lot of first downs yesterday. Yes. Um, Keep. Moving the chains. That's that's one of the best ways you shorten a game. Yeah, keep and, the ball out, keep the ball out of their hands. And for the for what it's worth, one of the one of the things the Giants did really well on Sunday was they did really well on first down. A lot of their plays were for four yards or more uh, on first down. Something something we haven't seen a lot of this year. And most of them were more than four yards. They're about six yards, or they were like nine yard out routes. 
you know, this is what this offense should be doing. Um, and something with basically zero input from Evan Ingram. Yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't have a stat worthy game. He had a good game. Um, he had one catch. And it was the first play of the game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, six as, targets. As, as, yeah. as a blocker, he did really well. I mean, he was he had a key block on an Orleans Dark Horse touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, you know, the efficiency, moving the ball, get first downs, do well on first down, you know, right. make make second and third down easy for you. These are these are things they're going to have to do. This is not a team that's built on the big play anymore. That yeah, went out the window week three. And the second thing they need to do is better play calling on second down. Stop being so predictable on, you know, if it's second and nine, don't run the ball every single play. Like we know it's <laughs> happening. Or if you're going to do it, run an end around, do something, do something, do something, different. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're too dope sitting up in one twenty four calling the plays. That's not good. Uh, prediction. I think we're going to lose. <laughs> I <laughs> I think uh I I think there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on last week where you know between speeches and and gut check time and everything I think that was that kind of last stand of let's redeem ourselves and just make a statement. It's hard to sustain that over multiple games and I think you know counting on Chad Wheeler to play as good as he did is very difficult to do right now. Um, I, I just think it's been one of those turd games we play, and I, I, I see us losing something to the effect of twenty-four ten. I think we're gonna lose too. Um, I think that this one is gonna be. I think that it's gonna be a, a shitty game on both sides. I think both teams are gonna play badly. I don't think a team is gonna win this. I think. One team is going to make the huge mistake at the wrong time, and it's going to be the Giants, and it's going to be late. And I think this one goes to the Redskins, twenty to thirteen, or something like that. Something a one-score game, but it's, yeah. it's going to be ugly all game. But it's going to be that fourth quarter Brad Wing punt, or a stupid yeah. fucking penalty, or a dumb pick, or a fumble. It it it's going to happen at the wrong time, and it's going to happen to the Giants. Neither of these two teams are good enough to overcome the short practice time, the short turnaround. You know body's healing blah 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 and you're right you're gonna say it's gonna be a mess and you'll get a lot of snark i think from uh Ooh, from Col- from from michaels and collinsworth about the game too so oh well both of their middle names are snark they think they're comedians yeah but I, I think this is definitely an opportunity to you know i think the good thing is the giants are not coming in here with a like a, a long losing streak and just being really really bad so they may pump the brakes a little bit on that yeah, enjoy your turkey. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Um, be safe. How, how can they find us? So when they're talking over Chris over Thanksgiving dinner, they can say, "Where can I get that lovely podcast you keep referencing?" Or yeah, uh, yeah, I heard on Just Giants that uh, Trent Williams isn't playing. Um, yeah, Just Giants podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please subscribe so that you can you know get them downloaded as soon as they come out. Uh, follow us on Twitter so you can get them there. At Just Giants Pod, uh, you can always follow me on Twitter for football, for grumping, for comedy. Uh, at football <laughs> underscore grump, that's all three. For tra- and for tragedy, you can follow me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan. Uh, if you want to follow my parallel torture universe and hear about Florida Gator football, you can follow Martin the Cranky Fan as well on iTunes. So give listen to both. 
or if you don't want to hear me at all, don't subscribe to either one. But hopefully you find this entertaining as we suffer through this uh, disaster of a football season. Good times will come ahead. Don't worry. <laughs> through thick and thin. Go Giants. Yep. Go Giants. Go Giants.